Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I guess it's uh, not too soon to declare the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl 57 champion since we got this streak going now. 50, 54 years, uh, no NFL team had won a Super Bowl in their home stadium, and now it's two for two. <laughs> the Bucks and now the Rams, of course, uh, they beat Steve Versnick's Cincinnati Bengals in what was a, a, a close game. Look, a, a very entertaining game, an exciting game, and it came down really to a final drive, and the reason why Matthew Stafford is in L.A., because they were going for it, uh, managed to uh, you know put together the drive of a lifetime and did it by focusing on Cooper Cup, who no one has covered in at least two years. Uh, and they go in, they score the touchdown. It was set up for Joe Burrow to go back down the field, at least get a field goal, um, send the game in the overtime, maybe win it, because I know he was thinking about winning it. They got to third and one, hated the call. They ran P. Ryan, got stopped for no game. And then Aaron Donald does what Aaron Donald does. He closes games out, you know, him and Vaughn Miller. I mean, they are closers. They're the Mariano Rivera's of our era. And so um, they pressure Burrow. They wrap him up. He throws one incomplete, and the game is over. And, Steve, I, I said going into this, I believe that the Rams were just more talented, had more playmakers, and they lost Odell Beckham Jr. early in this game, and he was starting off to have a terrific game. And, and, of course, Tyler Higby did not play. So they were down a few weapons like the Bucks had been on offense. Um, but, man, just, just too much up front. And Joe Burrow, the game came down exactly where we thought. It was won or lost, in this case lost in the trenches, uh, because he got sacked seven times, and that ties a Super Bowl record. And they just couldn't block them, period. I thought both defenses played very well and made great adjustments in the second half. You know, you saw Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller not be able to get a lot of pressure that first half. That's and, true. And the Bengals did a great job of being able to slide the center over mm-hmm. with the guard to block him. The Rams then started making adjustments in the second half. I thought the Bengals' defense gave up some plays early and made some tremendous adjustments at the half. I mean, Matthew Stafford did not have a good second half. Granted, he was down OBJ, but didn't have a good second half until that final drive. And, right. and, you know, both defenses, I thought, uh, you know, as much as the talk going in was Stafford and Burrow and number one draft picks facing off and, you know, Stafford getting a shot and Burrow taking a team from 2-14 and 14 two years ago to the Super Bowl, I thought it was the defenses that played the best games. I mean, the offense made some plays, but I thought both defenses were great. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a low-scoring game, you know, uh, to your point. You usually would think that you'd have to score 30 points in a game like this to win. Um, and that was not the case because you're right. It was dominated by defense. There were, you know, look, I, I think they're going to go back if you're the Bengals, even after all the pressure that they yielded. Um, you know, there were a couple plays on third and one and fourth and one in that game, including early in the game, that the Bengals couldn't convert. And, you know, in, in, the, in the first case, you know, the Rams took the ball and went down and scored a touchdown. And, 
you know, those short yardage situations, they they weren't as good at. You know, they weren't as good in situational football, and, and it ultimately it cost them um, because not only did they not advance the ball and get points themselves, they gave them up with the field position. So that that was tough. I mean, they had the fourth and one. Um, you know, Staff, or uh, Burrow has a guy in the flat. He chooses to go over the middle. It's incomplete. Um, but he came back. You know, he had the big play to Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. One big throw. You know, they get a field goal. It's, you know, it's 7-3. to three. And Odell Beckham Jr. is having a great game. He gets hurt. And that was, you know, could have been the reason why the Rams weren't very good for a while. And it took them a while to make their adjustments, mm-hmm. you know, without Odell Beckham. Um, but meanwhile, you know, Cooper Cup, again, was terrific. And they go up 13-3 and a touchdown pass to him. Right back down the field they come. Uh the throw to T. Higgins on the first play of the second half was a tremendous shocker, right? You don't come out of halftime and make a play like that. And, and indeed, it looked like Higgins got away with a little bit of a face mask, to say the least, on Jalen Ramsey. Those things happen. And here's, here's what we're going to hear about the, about the officiating, because it always, you know, there's always one team that's going to be disappointed, at least, is that they let these guys play for 50, I don't know, six minutes. Right, mm-hmm. and then the flags came out, and they came out against Cincinnati. So, I mean, you can't ignore pass interference. I thought there was one that was clearly a hold. The one on third down that would have forced fourth down. I thought that was questionable. I did too. Very questionable. I thought the other ones down there were definite calls. I mean, right. You know, but that that one, it, I you know, it would have been interesting to see instead of becoming an automatic first down. If what would have happened on you know the Rams on fourth down having to go for a touchdown there, because mm-hmm. I th- I thought that one was pretty ticky tack, you know the other ones were all they were all penalties, and and you know look, you put your hands on a guy near the end zone, you're risking the chance they're going to call it. I mean that's just part of the game. That's not the reason the Bengals lost the game. I mean the reason they lost it was the offensive line and. Perhaps that third and one call when they handed the ball off to P. Ryan instead of putting it in Joe Burrow's hands. But you know, yeah, that I mean, they, I mean, there were so few penalties until the final few minutes. That was, it right. was that was a great part of the game. Like the officials, you didn't see outside of you know the the replay for T, you know the T. Higgins Jalen Ramsey face mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they called the obvious ones. They called the delay of games, um, you know, that sort of thing. But Called the excessive everything... celebration. Yeah, well, God. Can we <laughs> Seriously? Pick up your, is that a guy that just ran onto the field? No, oh, my God, it's Vernon Hargraves Award. Good Lord. So Vernon Hargraves, a member now of the Cincinnati Bengals, having been released by the Houston Texans, and he was inactive for his first and maybe only Super Bowl. And... I mean, he comes streaming off the bench in a celebration <laughs> that was not his uh, and draws draws a penalty for it. Super Bowl. How was your Super Bowl moment, Vernon Hargraves? <laughs> guess he's not goodness. going to Disney World. <laughs> no. I think maybe he had been there a little too long this afternoon or uh, on Sunday afternoon, perhaps. It is the happiest place on earth. And he certainly was happy uh, when he went running onto the field. That guy. Can't get rid of him. Um, but you know what? He almost earned a Super Bowl ring, uh, but he did not. He fell short. I, I mean, listen. Both these teams were very deserving to be where they were. Both of them, obviously, you know, 
poured their heart and soul in, into their playoff runs. Here's what I come away with. Um, there's a couple of thoughts, but but one is nobody covered Cooper Cup all season. Nobody. Like in the biggest moments when when they needed a throw, when Matthew Stafford needed to to get a first down, needed to 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 sustain a drive, needed to get in the end zone over and over and over again in in the clutch situations, he just looked for, went to, made plays with Cooper Cup. And that's not by accident. I mean, these guys have spent an incredible amount of time, um, not just, you know, running routes and, you know, there's only so many routes you can run, so many throws you can make. They did all that, obviously, in a short time because it's the first year that Stafford has played with him. Um, but also talking football, right, ad nauseum. They're both kind of gym rat-like guys, right? Um, and, and even Cup said, he's like, yeah, we spent like an egregious amount of time together this year. But, I mean, that freaking guy... Cooper Cup, who won the Most Valuable Player Award and and deserved it. The other possibility might have been Aaron Donald. But I'm telling you, look what he did to the Buccaneers when they came roaring back. You know, of course, he had already scored on a one bomb and a, a blown um, coverage, you know, uh, in that game. But then the Bucs come back and they, and, you know, they tie that game. And who does Matthew Stafford look for? He looks for Cooper Cup. He hits him on a crossing route. Sean Murphy Bunting falls down. Cup's able to get out of bounds, stop the clock. And then came the, you know, the cover zero, the greatest call that Todd Bowles will never live down. And Cup gets up on the safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. too fast makes another great play, sets up the game-winning field goal. And I really, I really do believe that the hardest game the Rams had was that game. And, and, and obviously it was very hard for the Bucs, who trailed you know, by 24 but if the Bucks find a way, if they don't allow the Rams to score, you know, and you, you know, and they did. That's why the Rams advanced. But you know, it was Cup and Stafford that didn't blink, never blinked, man. Like you just gave up a twenty-four point lead to Tom Brady on the road. The place is going bananas. You're thinking I'm going to have to sit up that podium and explain how our season absolutely collapsed with a twenty-four to, you know, twenty-four point lead, and they just come right back down the field. And Stafford's throwing darts, you know, and Cooper Cup is running under everything. And he's got guys in his, Stafford has guys in his face. It didn't seem to matter. Those two guys this year, when they needed it, were unstoppable. I mean, they were unstoppable. I, I mean, we're talking like Montana and Rice, unstoppable, really. Well, when you win the Triple Crown of receiving, mm. that means you've got a great connection between your quarterback and receiver. Because it, mm-hmm. it takes both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't, that's what's happened, what, five times in history or something, or five guys have done it? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, this isn't this isn't something that happens every year. Um, you've got to be really good. Because not only are you getting a lot of yards, which means you're going deep, but you're getting a lot of passes, which means your quarterback trusts you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I love watching quarterbacks and receiver combos that you know the ball's going to the receiver and they still get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there are certain downs you know that ball was going to Mike Evans. And there was nothing the defense could do to stop it when Brady put it to him. That's, that's right. That's fun to watch. When, when you know, you think back of, you know, you can say that with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers at times. Um, yeah. You know, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. You know, go back through, you know, the NFL. And just when, when the defense knows what's coming and you can't stop it. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
It, it it just is beautiful. And and you know, now now I will say this, and I don't think he had bad coverage, but he he didn't. What the Bengals did on defense with the personnel they had, that is not elite players over there. Not many of them anyway. I love Trey Hendrickson. I love some of their mm-hmm. defensive front. Um but their secondary when Eli Apple is trying to cover Cooper Cup in mm-hmm. the red zone. I mean that's that's an enormous Eli Apple against most receivers in my mind is a is a mismatch. Uh, in the favor of the other receivers. So, you know, what what the Bengals were ever do on defense in this game was, you, you know, and yes, Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt and they didn't have, you know, Higby and all of that. But they stood up, man. That defense did everything they could do, in my opinion. They didn't let them run the ball. Um, they could have gotten a little more pressure on Stafford, but still they competed uh, when the ball was in the air. They came away with uh, with two picks. I mean, they. I don't know that they could have played much better, Steve. You go into that game and say they're going to give up twenty three points. I like the Bengals' oh. chances. Yeah. yeah fact, I love the Bengals' chances. If you tell me that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were they were great. And, you know, I I I still believe that, you know, Burrow still had that look in his. I was convinced that when they got the ball back. Um, two timeouts, I believe, under like a minute, yep. about a minute and forty three, something like that. It was a minute twenty, I think, somewhere around that range. Was it a minute twenty? Yeah. I, yeah. I was timeouts. convinced. Yeah, I was convinced, convinced that Joe Burrow would get them down there at least, so that Money Mac, Evan McPherson would would kick them into overtime. You know, and then we were going to have another overtime Super Bowl. I was convinced of it. Mm-hmm. And situational football. I mean, again. Whether it was the start of the game, third and one, fourth and one, or the end of the game, third and one, fourth and one, the Bengals just weren't good enough in those short yardage, game on the line situations, and that's that's where your your big time players, your Aaron Donalds, your Von Millers, that's when those guys show up, man. You know, they they are going to give you a rush that you're not going to be able to handle. Um, and again, didn't love the play calling and all that. The execution probably worse, but I mean that it's one yard. You know, that's the thing. Like, the Bengals will go into the offseason thinking about one, one yard. Because we get the first down. We still have plenty of time. We get, I think, another timeout. We're good. You know, we're going to tie this game up because Money Max money from, you know, 55, maybe maybe more. And, you know, if you do that and win a coin toss, you get a chance to win the game. So they were fine even after losing the lead. But... Man, you you just you don't see many stops like that with the game on the line. Like you stop them and you walk off with confetti, and that's that's what the Rams did. And they had big time players do it. You know, the Super Bowl is won by elite guys. You know, through the history of the game. I mean, you can see who makes plays in these big big games in these big moments. And I credit the Rams, man. Like they went all in. And they should, right? They, they, they've kind of done that, but they made the trade with Jared Goff to Detroit. They gave up a lot with him in order to get Stafford. And this was a, you know, if, if Stafford comes out of this game with his two interceptions and they lose to Cincinnati, then everybody is saying, Jared Goff could do that. Really? Like, everything you did only got you as far as Jared Goff took you when you lost to the Patriots. So... It, it would not have been, you know, this was sort of a, a zero-sum game, and they treated it as such as an organization. They don't care about draft picks as much as other teams value them. 
Um, again, they gave up a two and a four for Vaughn Miller, and he's not committed to being back with the Rams next season. He's going to want to get paid. So, but you know what? They got the Lombardi man, and that's what the Bucks did a year ago. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like the Bucks a year ago, you know, they were stumbling around a little bit, and Mike Evans was sort of hurt, and you know, Godwin was on the mend, and and I know they looked around and said, "Geez, man, like we don't have that many receivers." Although Scotty Miller had led them. Halfway through the season, they had Tyler Johnson, some others, you know. But they went out and, and said, you know what, we're going to sign Antonio Brown because we can't have enough around Tom Brady. And this year, I, and and I understand that at the time that Odell Beckham became available, they were pretty down, far down the road with AB, and you know that's when Arians had the famous quote of you know OBJ, AB, too many initials. Well, you can't fault them maybe at the time for not being in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. But in retrospect, what did they need? I mean, you know, Brown melts down, walks out, gets released. Um, Godwin, of course, with the ACL. You have Evans out there and a bunch of guys. I mean, they still managed to win games with Brashard Perriman, you know, um, and, and, and just, you know, Cyril Grayson and last-second touchdowns against the Jets. So Brady did a lot, a lot with not very much. And in contrast to the Rams, who kept going for it and kept going for it and mortgaging more of their future in terms of draft picks, which they don't value as much as some organizations. And, you know, finding an Eric Weddle, for God's sakes, after two years to come off the bench. The man wore the green dot in this game. In the Super Bowl game, he's been there about three or four weeks. And they had him with the helmet communicator, which is that green dot designated, calling the defense, calling it, um, from his safety position. I mean, he's one of the best stories in Super Bowl history, in my mind, uh, you know, just the, just the way he was able to step in and do what he did. And, you know, it, it just, they went for it. And I, I don't feel like the Bucks did. I don't know what they could have done. I mean, Vaughn Miller was a lot, a two and a four. But you know what? You know, JPP is hurt. Um, Joe Tryon Schwinka is a promising young guy, but not there yet. You know, instead, you got, he had to face Von Miller. And Von Miller knocked down Tom Brady nine times, you know, in that final game. And, you know, that, that was the difference. I think the difference was, was thin between the Rams and the Bucks. Bucks had more injuries, no doubt. Rams had some too. Um, but, the, but the Rams made the couple additions they needed to in order to win the game. And Stafford was terrific when he needed to be. Stafford was clutch. You know, and that's what that's what people have been talking about with him is that arm, everything else. So I know there's got to be people in Detroit that have mixed feelings. I would think for the most part, though, how could you not be happy for a guy like Matt Stafford with what, you know, what he endured in Detroit and now to come with an enormous amount of pressure and do it and pull it off. And you know what? Now he may he may end up with a gold jacket now. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's there's so many this game the Super Bowl can make or break those narratives and those, those mm-hmm. decisions. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, the winners write history. And when you win a game like this, it changes your perception. It changes everything about that resume that mm-hmm. when you're looking at gold jackets and everything else, that, that just winning that game, as opposed to the Bengals tonight who, you know, lose by three points, you know, yep. it, it changes everything. Yep. Or a lot. I shouldn't say everything. I mean, you can still make it without winning a Super Bowl. But 
right. having those wins on your resume increases those odds tremendously. And, and the fact that they had not won until he got there, right? Like mm-hmm. they had a really good team in Cooper Cup or, uh, you know, with Cooper Cup and those other guys, Aaron Donald were still there. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't win with Jared Goff. And they, they made the deal for Stafford thinking he could put us over the top, and he did. You know, so that narrative now is, hey, but for this, this quarterback mm-hmm. in Detroit that's already a top 10 all-time passing yardage guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it doesn't happen. And so he, he was a difference maker. You know, he was their Kurt Warner, if well, you will. Hey, you, know? you mentioned how this Rams team reminds you of the Bucks. It's exactly what the Bucks did the year before. Absolutely. They just didn't have to trade for him. They were lucky enough they could sign him free agent and not give up anything for him. That's right. But it's the, it's, it's the same thing. It's we've got a talented team, but our quarterback's not good enough to get us there. Yeah. Or to win and they, it all. They, I said at the beginning of the year, the Rams were stealing the Bucks template. The Rams, even though they had drafted a guy and were in the process of developing. Now, you know, let's face it. If Jameis Winston had taken the Bucks to a Super Bowl, maybe they're not in the Brady sweepstakes. I don't know. They were really committed to Jameis Winston. They gave him five years. Had he just taken him to and a playoffs, maybe? I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, hell, even if they miss the playoffs and he wins the last two games and they're nine and seven, they were seven and seven, and he was coming off two games back to back, four hundred sixty-two, four hundred sixty-four yards passing, and you know they lose to a team, a Houston team that they just absolutely dominated on defense, uh, and then of course the final uh, play of the season was a walk-off pick six by the Atlanta Falcons and Deion Jones. And until those two games, honest to God, until those two games, I had Jameis Winston coming back, no problem. They made the progress they wanted. Um, he's ready now. Uh, and, and I think history would have looked totally different, you know. But it, it wasn't to be. And, you know, they went and got Brady. I mean, Brady was a free agent. You're right. You know, in the case of the Rams, they had to mortgage more of their future in terms of draft picks and all of that. And they traded a young guy that they were trying to develop but didn't think he would put them over the hump. So the Bucks did the same thing. They got a guy. They didn't think he'd put him over the hump. And here comes Tom Brady. And it was, you know, it's been Camelot for two years down here. But, you know, when you make those deals, and I think we'll see more of it. You know, I, I think you'll see more teams maybe, you know, trying to find that veteran quarterback that has the experience, still has life in his arm, maybe needs a change of scenery, Rather than go the hey, if we draft and develop route, it's going to be three to five years, you know, with a young quarterback, and it's no better than fifty-fifty, you know. Now there's some really good young quarterbacks in the AFC right now that were fairly high draft picks. The problem is the Bucks are picking twenty-seventh, you know that that's the issue right now, and we can get into the, uh, you know, to the NFL Insiders show uh, that was on Twitter uh, before the. Uh, the sun came up on the East Coast. Tom Pelisario and Ian Rappaport reported, you might want to sit down for this one, Steve, that the Bucks, if Brady decides to unretire, apparently, uh, the Bucks would exhaust every effort to keep him right here in Tampa. Really? Yeah. Swear to God, that was a headline. I could have swore I read that somewhere last week. <laughs> Well, let me let me think about let me think about I I I, I'm almost certain I read that last week somewhere like midweek or so right about not Sunday morning not Super Bowl Sunday breaking news but like you know three four days ago yeah yeah that's because I wrote it what no yeah 
Yeah, it was in the Tampa Bay Times is basically, you know, I think the headline was something to the extent that, um, you know, the Bucks expects expect Brady to play for them if he unretires. And that, you know, and this is also breaking news. If I had the little news, whatever that tone is, um, that they are also, though, however, while Brady is retired, they have to move forward and explore other quarterbacks within the league that might become free, such as Russell Wilson with the Seahawks and Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. Holy cow, that breaking news was 96 hours old. (laughs) Now you've got the entire report on Sunday morning. Did they did they credit you? Did they, you know, say per the Rick Stroud the Tampa Bay Times? No, it was their sources, which is fine. According to my source, it wasn't it wasn't reading your it's it's the Kevin O'Donnell sources. Well, I don't know. I'm not again, I'm not going after the two reporters because I I like them both, but I I just I thought it was like, wait, stop traffic. The Bucks would take Brady back, really? And and yeah, the answer is of course they would. Now, what would change that? The only thing in my mind that would change that, because by the way, Brady is still under contract for the Bucks with the Bucks, and they're not going to make any moves until after June first because there's salary cap ramifications. So he's on the active roster and will stay there. Okay, which means when they do retire him, they're going to put him on the reserve slash retired list, which retains their rights to him. So if at some point he says, "You know what? I was wrong. I want to go back and play. I'm tired of Giselle and the kids. Where's my helmet?" Um, he can only play here because they own his rights unless they were to agree to trade him someplace. Now, I also believe this is the, you know, the proverbial fly in the ointment. I also believe that if Brady came to them at any point and said, look, I want to play, but I don't want to play here. I want to go somewhere else. I do believe, and it would be painful, but I do believe the Glazers are so, would be grateful enough for what he did for them for two years that they wouldn't hold him back, even if it was an NFC team. I think they would accommodate him, you know, or they would seek a trade for him. And there wouldn't be much compensation because, you know, similar to the way Gronk came here, and I know it's a quarterback, um, they would wish Tom Brady well. They'd be disappointed. But regardless, they truly believe, and I've talked to a lot of people over there, they truly believe that, that if Tom decides not to play, he'll only, he will only play in Tampa, not just because they own his rights, but because they don't feel like, you know, one, he's very happy here. Two, he'll be 45. Does he want to go someplace else and learn an entirely new system with an entirely new language and a whole team uh, that he doesn't know, uh, you know, anyone on in terms of chemistry and stuff like that? Or, you know, do you sit here and as soon as he decides to come back, the watch the Bucks move heaven and earth to try to surround him with the best players possible to try to make another run at this thing? I think the latter is more true, you know. I know that Brady grew, and we talked about this on, on, on the pod, that I know that you know Brady grew up, San Mateo, you know, big 49ers fan, watched Young in Montana, would love, love to be part of that quarterback legacy with the 49ers. And it's his hometown. It's a long way from his son in New York, who lives with Bridget Moynihan. Um, and, you know, I, that's the only team I can come up with that might have sort of an emotional, you know, tie for him. Um but I just don't think he's going to do it. I, I really do believe he's he's retired, and you know I think the Bucks will look at every quarterback, including Wilson, including Deshaun Watson, um, who I think is going to be too expensive for them. But you know who knows what they end up with. I wonder 
and and I know you said that you believe the Glazers would let Tom Brady play somewhere else, mm-hmm. but seeing what Brady did for the Bucks, what Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford did for the Rams, and granted mm-hmm. the Rams paid a steep price for Jared Goff, or, or d- traded Jared Goff a couple number ones, yeah, to get Matthew. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the price doesn't go up for some of these bigger quarterbacks, like if the if the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, because this is two years in a row now that. A top gun quarterback moves teams and they win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want Russell Wilson? Maybe it's three, four number ones. I I think it's three number ones to start out with. Listen, um, and and John McClain of the Houston Chronicle has been, you know, he's my man down there. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, and he's my guy, and he knows the Deshaun Watson situation better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But, and he's been he's written this from the start. He is he told me he says, look, Watson will never take another snap here. That Nick Casario, the GM, um, asked for three ones and two twos. That's what he asked for a year ago. Three ones and two twos. Okay, three number one picks like one this year, next year, the mm-hmm. okay. Eight teams a year ago were interested at this time, um, but they backed off because you had the twenty two lawsuits pile up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Miami, Denver, Carolina and Philly were the teams with the most interest. All right. So if you take those individually, Miami has two of they were still interested. Uh, we know Brian Flores wanted them. Denver, who doesn't have a quarterback, kind of looking at Aaron Rodgers if they can get him. Carolina, no quarterback. And Philly, which, you know, now it appears that they're pretty happy with uh, with Hurts, with Jalen Hurts. Um, having said that. The Eagles were the team that was the most interested and had the draft picks. But the problem is Watson has a no-trade clause. So he didn't want to go to Philly. And at one point, before the trade deadline, the Texans had a deal with Miami for three ones, a three, and a five. But Stephen Ross, their owner, insisted that he reach settlements with his accusers. And he couldn't do that before the deadline, so they backed off. The problem is, even if the Bucks or other teams are interested in Watson, uh, and you know, Casero, Nick Casero will talk to them, of course. Um, he knows that that interest is probably predicated on whether they reach settlements or whether he reaches settlements with his accusers. And that's probably what's going to be required to approve any deal. You know, I'm not putting all these draft picks on the line and then he gets to my team, and then Roger Goodell hammers him for a year and says, you can't play, or eight games. You know? Yeah, but even if he comes to settlements, the NFL could still do that. They, yeah, they, don't, they, they could. They don't have to have convictions or anything to do. No, no doubt. No doubt, and that's part of the problem. You know, I think you'd feel better, much like Jameis Winston settled with you know, Eric uh, Kins, Kinsley, Kinsky, uh, and he still ended up, you know, with no punishment out of that case, he got three games for the Uber driver, right? Mm-hmm. And she she was going to sue him. Well, at that point, what you don't want is a public trial. Correct. I mean, that's what that's settlements correct. get you is that you're not going to have mm-hmm. the public records and details of all Discovery. this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily go away, but a lot of it doesn't get revealed to the public. And I, and I always say this, have the press conference. like that. You know, you bring Deshaun Watson in here tomorrow. He hasn't played a year. There's 22 pending lit- litigations against him um, that are not flattering, to say the least. You know, 
how does that play? I mean, are you buck? Are the, the buck fans probably on the whole would be okay with it, um, but a lot, a lot of them wouldn't. It would turn a lot of them off too. And I don't know where the Glazers stand personally on this. You know, um, I think they would probably want you know their quarterback to be available to them and know that when you when you traded for him. Um, and that might might or may not, may not be the case. I just. I just think there's a lot of options out there. There's more that are going to come available after the draft. Um, these teams are going to draft some quarterbacks and let some guys go. Uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo is available. If you wanted to go that route, he's the one quarterback that you know the Niners have said that is going to be traded because it's Trey Lance's show. So there's a possibility there. But yeah, and you know the Bucks are in that mix now of much like the Rams were a year ago where. Oh my God! If we get a quarterback now, and it's going to be a, somebody that can push us over the top, and you still have a team you think can win the Super Bowl, we're going to have to give up a lot of draft capital. And the Rams don't mind that; they really don't. They don't treat those things like fairly heirlooms, you know. Um, they throw them around all the time because their thing is, look, we we'll draft a guy, and we have drafted good players, and they're still on our team, like Aaron Donald and others, um, and we'll try to develop them. But if we can find a guy who's already developed, you know and is ready to win now and has been through the trials, that's, that's a better avenue. You know, because after all, what are you trying to do? Are, are, you, are you trying to develop players? Yeah. But are you, are you trying to win Lombardis? And the answer is you're trying to win Lombardis. And I think, I think the Bucks, having gotten a big taste of this and that ownership over there, they want to keep this rolling. They want the good times to roll. And it's not going to happen with, without Brady, so you're going to have to find somebody. But you know, the Rams did exactly what the Bucks did accomplish right down to winning in their home stadium. You know, it, it was really wild that you've had two years now uh, where these teams have pulled this off. And there was a lot of pressure on Sean McVay. He looked nervous, man. In that second half, as you're watching that clock wind down and they're not really mounting any kind of consistent drives, uh, it was nervous time on that Rams side. It really was. Well, I mean, the, the narrative on him changes, too. I mean, you know what? He was hired at age 30, whatever it was, 31. Mm-hmm. Youngest coach in the NFL, still is the youngest coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's now going to his second Super Bowl. You trade virtually your future big draft picks to get Stafford, to get Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you trade some picks to get Von Miller. Uh, you know, you, you make all these moves, and you get to your second Super Bowl. If you didn't win that one, mm. that changes his narrative, too. Yeah, it does. All of a sudden, he's a he's a well uh, coveted you know, uh, announcer. I mean, what you know? What's the narrative now on on Patrick Mahomes? I mean, you know, he was going to be the mm-hmm. next Tom Brady. He was going to surpass Tom Brady two years ago. Now that's it's right. he's been to four straight AFC championships and won one Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. And the narrative on him has has changed in some people's minds. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's amazing how quick it can change. I mean, you know, if Sean McVay lost this game tonight. Mm. The narrative on him is completely different. Yeah, the bloom is off the rose for sure. Then here's a narrative. Uh, we're going to change narratives here. The 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding, is happening February 25th to the 27th. The temporary circuit uh, that you're familiar with uh, should be by now is a 1.8 mile, 14 turns on this track. It uses the streets circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts. And the Dali Museum in St. Petersburg extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Witted Airport, where the grandstand is. If you want some race information and tickets, 
Go to gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, before we get out of here, uh, there was some hockey since the last time we have talked. And, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning went out to Colorado. They lost a tight game. They gave up way too many shots early in that game. And I think Vassie might have stopped like 44 in the game, which is a season high, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, that was, uh, what, it was 13 nothing shots, maybe even more than that before the Lightning got their first shot. Mm-hmm. Really bad 10 minutes. Um, John Cooper, as he said, you know, look, once we started speeding up the game and playing fast, then – you know, we were fine. It was a good game. But, you know, those first 10 minutes, you're down 2 nothing early against a team as good as Colorado in their barn. Uh, just mm-hmm. couldn't come back. But then the next night, you come out and dominate Arizona like you should. Yeah, and they, they won a one-goal game, but they were dominant. And, um, you know, here's – am I right about this? They have not lost two in a row this year? Not in regulation. In regulation, that's yes. it, yeah. Yes. Overtime, yeah. They have an overtime or shootout, but, yeah. They have not lost two games in a row in regulation all season, so which is you know yeah. really what you want to do. I mean, because if you're even if you're losing in a shootout or overtime, you're getting a point. Exactly, and then they have the uh, the game at New Jersey tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow and night, and then they get another week off. Uh, they won't be back in action till a week from Wednesday at home against Edmonton, and then they get the stadium series that uh, Saturday the twenty sixth. Though they'll be playing at uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. That's so cool. I, I wanted to go up there. I probably won't make it, but um, that's going to be really fun to watch. I know those guys enjoy playing outdoors and uh, not that far away. Hopefully it'll be not too warm for the ice <laughs> to melt up there. <laughs> I was looking at the temperatures the other day. It's going to supposed to snow up in uh, Chicago here in a few days, but I was looking. It was like in the 50s, mid-50s. I'm going, wow, that's Chicago. What is it in Nashville? So you get a little warming trend, you're in trouble there. Um, just remember uh, the uh, St. Pete Grand Prix. We've got that coming up. Uh, the Firestone, actually, Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, I should say, presented by RP Funding. Um, that is just so close. Uh, February 25th through the 27th. Uh, it's in the beautiful St. Petersburg, my hometown. And uh, it kicks off, really, Florida's spring break season with some high-speed excitement. You can go to gpstpete.com for all your race information and tickets. Just another racing season starting right here in St. Petersburg. And I guess now that football is over, and what did you say? We have 200-and-something days to kick off? 206 days until the Rams host somebody on Thursday night uh, after Labor Day weekend. So, By the way, that could be your – no, it couldn't be. That would be hosting because the Rams come here, I believe. Because I think the Bucs go to San Francisco and Arizona. I was going to say they play – um, the NFC West, and but the Rams, if they're they'll be hosting the game, I would imagine. Maybe not if they make the Rams go on the road, which is rarely happening except to Tampa. Um, maybe that game could be in Raymond James Stadium. But let's see, let's um, see. It could be. It's usually not a division foe, right? So they p- play the Cowboys at home. Ooh, I like that. Two openers for. They play the, I really believe they play the Broncos at home. Could Aaron Rodgers be their quarterback? Ooh, they play the Raiders at home. 
The Raiders. I like all those matches. They also have the Panthers and Falcons and then their division foes. But Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys two years in a row starting the season on the road on Thursday night. <laughs> they, they like the ratings for the Cowboys. So, I mean, the network's always like that. I would rank it that way. I would say the Cowboys have a really good shot at kicking off another season. Yeah, really I would do. say the Raiders are the next choice. Unless Aaron Rodgers is already the Broncos quarterback, then. Oh, wait. And, and hold on. The way this website was a little weird. The Bills are at home, too. Ooh, Josh Allen. Now, generally, they, yeah. they, they, don't, go, they don't go out of conference, though, for those. So if, if it's not out That's of conference, true. it's probably the Cowboys. It's not going to be the Falcons or the Panthers. Hey, man, that Cowboys game a year ago, earlier this mm-hmm. year, I should say, um, to start the 2021 season was epic. It was epic. You go back and watch that game, man. It's back and forth. Big plays everywhere. Dak's great. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, all those guys. And Brady has to take him down there and make some clutch throws and get him in field goal range to win it. And, you know, so, yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for the for the Cowboys if that's uh, how it turns out. If they're going to stay in the conference, it's got to be the Cowboys. If they go out of conference, take your pick. Raiders, Broncos, Bills. Yeah, all good. All of them are good. Also, uh the Major League Baseball, not so bueno. They're not making much progress, if any. It, the lockout continues. It's already been. Hey, but they've agreed on a universal DH, so, you know, we're good there. Woohoo! Listen, <laughs> it only took them how many hundred, a hundred and <laughs> how many years have been playing this game? But since the DH came into vogue, I don't know. 73. Less than 1973 years. is when the wow. DH started. It's about time, man, because the only people that use the DH is Major League Baseball. You don't see it in Little League. You don't see it in high schools. Um, I mean, where the pitchers hit. Everybody. My point yeah. is everybody uses right. the DH now. And so to get away with this National League, American League joke, um, where now no one has to pay to watch a pitcher try to move a guy over. So I'm all for it. I think it's it's been long overdue. It's going to provide opportunity for some players. Maybe aren't great position players. Maybe the end of their careers. And they can still swing the bat. So that will be fun. You'll have that opportunity. So... I'm glad about that. It's not it's not insignificant, but it's not nearly what's going to get them on the field. I mean, there's a lot of financial strife and issues that they're trying to hammer out. And it looks like, I mean, spring training is obviously not going to start on time. And I wonder how long before they're at the point where they say, you know what, we're just not going to start on time with the Major League regular season. Well, it depends on how long they want pitchers to ramp up before they start playing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been talk that maybe they could do it as quick as four weeks. Like wow. if, if you do that, you're probably going to have to expand the rosters and at the beginning of the season. So, because you're not going to have starting pitchers going seven, eight innings at that point, if you've only got mm-hmm. four weeks of spring training. That's right. So, you know, it, it may depend on you know you may have to do some things differently if if four weeks is all you're going to allow for spring training, which means well, I think the season starts March 31st this year. So really, you're talking the end of the month. You've got to ha- you'd have to start spring training by then. To start this, to even have a shot to start the season on time, and you know, let's say you come to a deal this week. I mean, you're, it's still going to take a week before you're going to start spring training, I would think, or at least the major league spring training. Your minor, maybe you could do it quicker because your, your minor league spring training can start. Um, only the only the players on the forty man are locked out. Mm-hmm. You're, That's right. Anybody not on your forty man roster can come work out. They're going to start that on time, and and their minor league seasons, et cetera. It's just the guys in the 40-man that are part of the union that are locked out. 
Well, here's what is starting on time. February 25th through the 27th, it's the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding. If you want some information for the race and tickets, please go to gpstpete.com. We're going to have our mailbag this week, uh, sometime early in the week. All your questions answered 100% correctly. Money-back guarantee. Here's how you do it. Send it to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Congratulations to the now Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Rams. They defeated the Cincinnati Bengals to win Super Bowl 56 Sunday night. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.